Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm and have a live link at thetrumpet.com. All of our podcasts are available at those locations or wherever you like to get your podcasts, you can find our programming. Recently, I've attended a few memorials for friends that have died and uh, funerals and memorials and events like that. They do make us stop and think about our lives and just consider what we've done in our life, what we will do in the time remaining. And then, of course, the big question that people have is, well, what happens to us after we die? What happens? Job asked and answered that question, and it's a vital question and one that we all think about. So let's see what the Bible has to say on this this topic of what happens to us after we die. Notice uh, Job 14, and we have a few passages today, so if you have a Bible handy, it'd be great to get it out. We could look at these very important scriptures together. Uh, There's no more important topic for us to think about than life and death. Notice Job 14. This is verses 14 and 15. And Job said, If a man die, shall he live again? He cuts right to it. As you know, Job was going through some very difficult trials. He'd had family die. He was going through a severe health trial. And he asked that question, If a man die, shall he live again? He says, All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. So he's talking about having a change of some kind. And then verse 15, he says, You shall call, and I will answer you. You will have a desire to the work of your hands. So he's addressing God there. God made Job like he made all of us. And he said, You're going to call me, and I will answer and you're going to have a desire to the work of your hands. You have a purpose for what you've made, this human being, Job, and, of course, it relates to all of us. And so Job here talks about life after this physical life, and he talks about a change. And what did he mean? You know, we could guess, or we could make a supposition. There's a lot of ideas that that are common in the world, but... The only way to really know what happens after this life is to see what God records about the topic in the Bible. That's the only way we're going to know, is to look into God's Word and see what He says about life after death. Notice this passage in 1 Corinthians 15. Here Paul is talking about the same subject and getting into some depth about it. And 1 Corinthians 15, we'll look at verses 51 through 55. And he he begins out by talking about this mystery. I mean, this is a mystery. What happens to people when they die? Verse 51, he says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. 
So death is uh, talked about as sleep many times in the Bible, just like Job talked about. He'd, uh, God would call and Job would answer. He'd be waking out of sleep. He says here in 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 55, Paul says, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. So he talks about changing as well. And he's you know talking about the fact that, okay, some people will die before the return of Christ, and there will be some that are alive when Christ returns. So not everybody will be asleep or be dead, but those that are going to be in the kingdom of God in that first fruit resurrection, they'll either be resurrected or they'll be changed when Christ returns from physical to spiritual. And we'll look at that as we go. How is this going to happen? In verse 52, he says, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, which is very fast, at the last trump, that's when that happens, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Just like Job said, there's going to be a change. His change would come. Here Paul says, we're going to be changed. How? He, he explains it in verse 53. For this corruptible, this, this human form, body that we have now, we know we deteriorate. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So there's going to be a change from the physical to the spiritual. A change from being corruptible to incorruptible. A, a change from you know, being mortal and, and having a limited life to having an eternal life. Verse 54, he says, So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? You know, people die, and uh, that, I guess, could be considered a victory for the grave, right? But that's going to be changed to where people will live again. They're going to live again. And Paul talks about when that's going to happen. It's at the return of Jesus Christ. There's going to be a resurrection from the dead. And death, of course, as we've looked at here, is pictured as sleep. You can look at examples of Christ resurrecting people. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to raise them you know, from the sleep. They're sleeping. And I'll wake them up. And he even did that when he was on this earth physically. And people said, uh, you know, they laughed at him. <laughs> what are you talking about? Sleeping. They're dead. But that's all that death is to God because he can wake people up and he can resurrect them. So death is pictured as sleep. And death, just like sleep, is a condition in which people are not conscious and they don't, they don't have any thought. They have to be awakened out of that. And you can, you can see scriptures about that. Here's an example, Daniel 12 and verse 2, where it says, Many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Matthew 27 and verse 52, it says, And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. That happened when Christ was crucified. But, and, and, of course, those people lived out their physical life and died. Again, they had a, an additional time there. In verse, uh, 2 Samuel 7 and verse 12, it says, And when your days be fulfilled, God said to David, You shall sleep with your fathers. So death is like going to sleep. It's like going to sleep. And now the process of dying oftentimes is not easy. And when somebody dies, it's not easy for the family that remains alive because they miss them. But all that's really happened is they've gone to sleep. And God will resurrect them. He'll, he'll bring them back. 
and for those that have known God's truth and have obeyed him and developed his character in this life, they're going to be resurrected into the family of God. They're going to be resurrected as spirit beings, God beings. And the Bible talks a lot about that. That's the change that Job talked about and that Paul talked about. And that's God's plan for mankind. Now there are different resurrections and people understand God's truth at different times. But that's the ultimate goal. That's the ultimate plan is for this change to come. So Job knew that he would be awakened out of sleep and be resurrected then from from the dead. He'd wake up, he'd be called, he'd be woken up. First Corinthians shows that the first resurrection will occur at the return of Jesus Christ. That's when that will occur. And those in the first resurrection there will be made immortal, actual God beings that don't ever die. And so there's great hope in that. Death is sad for a while, temporarily, but if it's just that temporary death before the resurrection, it's sleep. It's sleep. So Paul knew that, Job knew that, and they went through some trials in their lives, but they had this incredible hope that they would live again and their change would come. Notice verses 57 and 58 of 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 57 and 58. It says, But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We wouldn't have a path open to forgiveness and, and uh, the repentance that's needed and, and uh, birth into the family of God. We wouldn't have that without what Christ did as our sacrifice and what God the Father allowed there and set in motion. Verse 58, therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. See, there's great hope there. The apostle Paul, he faced his impending death. He knew he'd be killed, but he faced it with hope. He was full of hope because he had this focus on the future, his future in the family of God. He knew that death was temporary, it was going to sleep, and he'd be uh, awakened out of that sleep with uh, incredible glory. And he talks about this in 2 Timothy 4, verses 6 through 8. You know, we can put ourselves, I guess, as much as possible in Paul's shoes, you know, if we know that our end is coming physically, and that comes for everybody. Some people are a little closer to it than others. But this is the hope that Paul had, again, because he was obeying God and doing God's will. So we had this incredible hope, and it's written down for us to give us a lot of encouragement. It's in 2 Timothy 4, verses 6 through 8. It says, For I am now ready to be offered. In other words, he knew he'd be martyred. And the time of my departure is at hand. And he's thinking back on what he's done. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Those are the things that he did. He knew that he had given it a good effort in obeying God and growing and changing and keeping the faith. In verse 8, henceforth, he said, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. See, he's looking forward here to what he'd be given, his eternal reward. He says, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, 
you know, what day? Well, he explains it. He says, not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. So he was thinking about Christ's appearing. He was thinking about the return of Jesus Christ. And he was thinking about being resurrected and given eternal life. As he says, they're a crown of righteousness. And not just for him, but unto all of those that are growing and doing God's work and are um, following his direction. Those that God has called, those first fruits, you know, they're, they're looking forward to that time. And Paul was definitely doing that, especially as he knew his physical life was about to end. But he said, well, I know there's a crown of righteousness and it's laid up for me. And not just for me, but for all of those that love the appearing of Jesus Christ, that return, second coming of Jesus Christ. Paul knew that he was going to have an awesome reward. He'd be resurrected. So that gave him hope even in a difficult situation. He understood what happens to humans after they die. He knew he'd go to sleep for a while, but then at the return of Jesus Christ, he'd be resurrected from the dead. Now, how long was it from you know, Paul's death to when Christ will return? Well, we don't know for sure yet because Christ's return is near, but it hasn't occurred yet. But what difference does it make when you're sleeping, <laughs> right? For Paul, it doesn't, you know, it didn't matter. Once he went to sleep, he knew that the next moment, the next twinkling of an eye, he'd be changed because, you know, when you're, you know, we know how that is when we go to sleep at night, especially if you have a really good deep sleep. Uh, time passes, we don't even know it. You know, you lay your head on the pillow, next thing you know, it's time to get up. And that's what it will be like for those that die and are waiting for that return of Jesus Christ and their resurrection from the dead. And then that awesome reward that Paul was talking about. Notice uh, Revelation 22 and verse 12. Here Christ is talking about that same event, his return, and the reward he would bring for people, his first fruits. He says, and behold, this is Revelation 22 and verse 12, and behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. So we're not saved by our works, of course, but we are rewarded according to them. So Christ talked about that as well, that he comes quickly. First Thessalonians 4, notice this as well. First Thessalonians 4, verses 16 through 18, this gives us more uh, insight into that time of Christ's return, what that will be like. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 through 18. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. Remember, he comes at that seventh trump. It says, And the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's the first fruits. Those that have lived and, and have died, and they'll be resurrected. And verse 17, Then we which are alive, those that are also first fruits, but they haven't died yet, they're still alive at the return of Christ. It says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, some people misunderstand this and think it's some sort of a rapture and you just float off to heaven. This is talking about Christ's return to this earth. Those that are alive and remain being caught up together with them in the clouds, being changed and then, of course, returning with Christ to rule on this earth. And there's a lot in the Bible about that. But he says here, comfort one another. This is verse 18. Comfort one another with these words. At a time of death, 
comforts needed because it's it is uh, somewhat sad, isn't it, to not see a loved one for a while, but they're sleeping, and Christ is going to wake them up when he comes back. He's going to wake them up, and there's going to be a great reward, variety of rewards for people, depending on what they've done in this life, those first fruits that are faithful. And how exciting that is, is that's a comfort to us. We, we can't be looking to fables or just false teaching for some sort of comfort. People try that, and I, and I understand why they do, because they're looking for relief from grief. But we have to look at what the Bible teaches. That's where the real comfort is. That's where the real comfort is. The dead are sleeping now, but they'll be awakened They'll be awakened out of sleep and they'll be uh, changed if they're in that first resurrection. And we have a lot of information about all three resurrections, and that's uh, readily available in the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence course. That's a free course at thetrumpet.com. Please sign up for that if you don't have it and uh, get that real hope and that comfort that the Bible provides, God's Word provides. Look at Revelation 20 and verse 6. This is exciting. Revelation 20 and verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years on this earth. That's the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. You know, those that, again, are first fruits that were called by God, that, that uh, developed his character in this life and used his Holy Spirit effectively, they're going to be first fruits, and they're going to rule with Christ, be the bride of Christ. It's really amazing to think about the reward that God's offering to his first fruits, and of course, he wants all people that are willing to be in his family. And there'll be different levels and different opportunities and, and uh, different rewards and all of that, of course. But everyone that's in the family of God is going to be rejoicing. It's going to be wonderful. And that's where the hope is. It's not in the temporary life, which passes pretty quickly. You know, if you go to a memorial service and they do a slideshow, which is often done, and you, you see the, you know, the memories, the pictures of a person's life, and they just go by so quick. <laughs> and there's not a lot. It's just so quick. And, uh, but the hope is in the future and in the return of Jesus Christ and the eternal life that, that God's offering. So what do we do with the time we have left? We're still alive. What do we do? Well, let's look at 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58 again. We read this earlier, but let's consider it in terms of, you know, we have some time left in this physical life. What do we do with it? Knowing what the future holds. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You know, why do those things? Why? Well, he continues, because you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The work that we do today for God, the growth, going through a test and a trial and growing and developing, it's not in vain. It's not in vain. Paul didn't work in vain. You know, Job didn't go through his life in vain. They grew. They learned. They were educated. They developed character. And they're waiting for their change to come. That's, 
the wonderful hope that we all have, whether we're alive when Christ returns or if we do die before then and go to sleep and take a nice good sleep and then are resurrected at his return. That's the hope that is awaiting the first fruits and ultimately all of mankind in their season when they're given their opportunity. It's a wonderful, wonderful plan that God has for mankind, and that's where the real comfort and the hope is. And if you'd like to learn more about that, please sign up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course, also The Incredible Human Potential and The God Family Vision. Those are free books at thetrumpet.com, and and everything has already been paid for. It's an educational service, and it's just there to try to help you to uh, learn as much as you can. So take advantage of it. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live by Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me today. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.